0: What's up, y'all? This is Nick Luciano. And this is Blake Moore. And and welcome welcome to Tratter Talk. Talk. This is a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. We're going to have some
1: awesome guests on the show share our stories and cover uplifting topics to encourage y'all to conquer the day.
0: Look out for new episodes every Wednesday on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget, smile every day and know your worth. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Tratter Talk, a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. Today, I have two co-hosts with me. Today, we got Roy Dinges and Bo Dietrich over in the corner over there. This podcast, as always, is sponsored by Ariat, innovative and award-winning performance products for all types of outdoor and work environments. Today, we have a very special guest. He's a TV host, radio host, model, actor, MC, businessman the whole list. He's done it all. We got Brian Doty with us today. It's good to be here. How are you doing, man?
1: Doing good. How,
0: how's life treating you?
1: Man, life's good. Um, you know, I, I think it's all about how you look at it and every day is just peachy in my world. Just peachy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so today we're going to get
0: to learn a little bit about you. Um, and then we'll kind of just hang around and talk. Um, but first off, we want to learn where are you from? Um, how, how old are you? Where'd you grow up? Just what do you want people just to know? Just a
1: about little Brian? about me. So, yeah. um, you know, just south of Fort Worth, about 30 miles uh, outside of a town, Cleburne, Texas. I uh, went to school in Joshua, Texas, and uh, I've got a lot of family around there. Um, you know, just have grew up around the Western industry and um, kind of pretty much my whole life, everything that I've done is, has been in the Western industry or around it. So, you know, it's, um, I try to do things that make me happy not i've never really chased the dollar so i always find that you know chasing happiness has been in the western industry and um around horses and the ranching community and that kind of thing so you know it's kind of where i try to stay it's where i've been and like i said it hasn't paid the most um (laughs) you know it's but it's even the entertainment stuff you know around has been centrally around that so
0: yeah that's awesome um speaking of the the western lifestyle and being Um, engulfed in it. You actually had us out to help you with your cattle the other day. So that was a lot of fun.
1: Thank you for letting us. Yeah, man, that That was awesome. You know, and that, and the Western, uh, I don't know, the romance of the West, you know, Mm -hmm. like the TV shows, the the people see the pictures, they see a lot, they want to be involved. They want to be part of it and they can't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, it's not like you can just run down and, you know, go to the movie theater. If you want to see a movie, you can't just go out and go to a ranch and participate. So you know, I think it's cool to uh, have people out. That Growing up, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I never had the opportunity. I had to create a way for me to be able to do it, you know, and so mm-hmm. it was cool to have you guys out and, and be part of it. Yeah, Bo, that was
0: his first time doing anything like that. What do you think of that, Bo? Well, it was exciting, that's for sure. <laughs> I'd do it again in a
2: heartbeat. I had a lot of fun. Heck, yeah,
0: <laughs> He got in the car. He's like, man, I just, I miss getting dirty like that. That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I took him out of his mining position. Well, I didn't take you out of it, but like, you yeah. You decided to come on board here, and you hadn't gotten your hands dirty for a while, so it yeah, felt it was a lot to, of fun. He was right in, in there. I wasn't scared of him, that's for sure. <laughs> uh-uh.
1: that was, you know, we just hit the tip of the iceberg, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot more. That was just kind of an introduction.
3: Yeah. I was shocked because anyone that's never been around it, they're, they're a little scared or skeptical and just kind of stand back. Not Bo. <laughs> he,
2: he went right to it. He even got kicked pretty hard. I was right back after it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I heard. I don't know if that was a hose clicking or your elbow. All I just seen was I
1: just seen the backside of your horse and I heard crack. And I was like, uh oh. Well, so, <laughs> to give everybody an idea of what we were doing, we gathered about, we gathered, you know, the cows and calves and then we sorted the calves off. And,. We were gonna just do kind of try to do the traditional rope and drag and but these pins are small, so it's hard to rope. I mean, you literally have to dally with like really close to your horse and then drag and then have everything happen. So it was just me. So trying to (laughs) tell everybody what to do, you know, how to pull the rope one side and the tail the other and then get on and then, you know. Anyways. So had I ended up I think I just ended up just roping this calf and we're going to let Bo run down and flank it. Mm -hmm. So as he does, he goes to flank and it wasn't the smallest calf No, (laughs) And so, I mean, he's all in too. He's committed. And as he goes to flank, it got its feet back underneath it. And then it went and kicked. Well, I just heard, you know, sometimes whenever a calf or a cow or, you know, they kick, you hear the hooves click. Mm -hmm. And, I was like, he just raises his elbow, and I thought, oh, no, his elbows were just shattered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a combination of it kicking his elbow and those hooves click, and mm-hmm. yeah. It yeah. didn't sound good, that's for sure. It no. did not sound good, but I'm glad it was just a, a little
2: bruise. Yeah. No, I got lucky, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. But that was cool um, seeing you do that for the first time. The smile on your face was, it was oh, something. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've done a lot of other things with you, too. We uh, went to through the Whataburger drive through in alvarado that was a lot of fun um
1: they were pleasantly surprised to have us back it seemed like yeah <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool we go in and i think nick and i went in to mm-hmm. uh to ask always like to ask for permission you know just to kind yeah. of make sure that they know and and they're like oh hey you know from the last time so they're like mm-hmm. hey and then some of the the girls in the back that you know, I don't know whatever their position was there. They were they were working at Waterburger, and they come out, and they're like, Nick, can I have a picture? Can we do a TikTok? <laughs> yeah, so we made some TikToks in front of the Waterburger, and we
0: went through the drive-through, and one of the horses happened to take a dookie right there in front of a Tesla. You made a funny video. What was the video? It was like, which is more energy efficient or something like that?
1: Yeah, I can't remember, but... Or if you needed... If gas got too expensive, I think... You have that video, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. I, I think I said, like... I just asked a question while Bo was filming, and I was like, "Um, if you had to save money, would you choose to ride a horse or drive a Tesla? Yeah.
0: I just felt bad because the Tesla ran over the
1: poop. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was funny.
1: And that guy seemed to be – that guy was actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah, he came up afterwards and kind of uh, asked us where we're from and what we're doing
1: and stuff like that. He sent me an email. He did. Yes, and he said that he tweeted a picture – of his screen on the Tesla, trying to identify these horses in front of him as dogs, and so he tagged Elon Musk, and it got like several million, two million something, uh, whatever happens on t- on Twitter. I'm not sure, but um, and then Elon replied to it, and so he sent me the email about it all. Wow. That's pretty neat. No yeah. way. Yeah, and so it, it, the picture is his screen with us on the horses in front of the water in Waterburger.
0: I had no idea about that till <laughs> now. Funny.
1: I'm going on Twitter after this show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool.
3: So anyway, Brian, you you're an actor. You got a lot of uh, hats you wear. Tell us about the the Cowboy uh, Lifestyle Network. What are you doing there? With
1: well, um, so Cowboy Lifestyle Network is they are just a big platform for all Western, you know, related stuff, rodeo to, um, you know, country music, anything. And I met those guys a while back and um so we've I've done a lot with them. They're they're just really supportive uh with everything. You know, they don't they're not too they don't get focused on one area and if you know, they they just want everybody to be successful in the Western industry. So um like working with those guys. We do anytime I can do something with them, you know, we we partner up and do things. Um, they taken my tv shows and you know and we'll put that on the social platform um they've taken whenever i had my syndicated radio show they would um we would take and put it to some video and put all the episodes through their social and so they're just very supportive with the western industry yeah that's what we need yeah so and shine a light on it i mean you know the the thing with um you know a lot of the western industry your ranchers and your farmers i mean they're not on social media they're not out in the social you know in the uh, in the eye and voices aren't heard and so you know even like with what you guys are doing here it's it's good to have those platforms to be able to share that and you know spread the news that needs to be spread yeah so talk about that that this is country on air with brian Doty.
3: you had guests on you had
1: yeah so so my syndicated radio show aired on 40 different FM country stations. It reached, um, I think it was 15 states. It aired in Sweden and Europe. It had a good reach. Um, and then each week I would have different guests. Um, I would search and find what rodeos were going on, you know, that I could promote, um, what anything with, uh, anything in the Western industry really. Um, and then we would have different guests on. I played country music, so I'd talk for about 30 seconds, play some music and then come back in. And, um, I didn't have a lot of guests, uh, just because it was easier to do like a phone interview or something and tell them, Hey, we need to keep this, keep this about a minute long, you know, and then it might stretch to two, but at least keep it short. But yeah, promote, you know, the Texas country music scene, um, would talk about music festivals, any of that kind of stuff. And then, um, this is country TV. Uh, the episodes were pretty much, I took everything that I liked, and combine it into one. I like the history channel. I like the travel channel. I like the food network. I like rodeo. I like the Western lifestyle. And so we put it all together. Um we would show a feature a small town as we traveled. We would give some history on that small town. We would um then, you know, kind of show a uh, a locally owned diner or cafe. I didn't want to do a chain. I wanted to do something where we could shed some light with the, uh, you know, the mom and pop deal there in mm-hmm. the small town and show how they make their local favorite dish and Um, Yeah, and then promote either a rodeo or we're out on a ranch showing the the history of that ranch and, you know, the day in the life of a cowboy. Yeah,
3: you mentioned Texas country music. And what I've noticed being from the East Coast and coming to Texas, uh, we have local bands that play up home. And, you know, you have a couple followers, groupies, whatever, that follow the bands. But when you come to Texas, now you're talking, they sell out places at like $60 a ticket. Uh, we went to one. I'm like, I never mm-hmm. heard of this guy, but it was a Texas guy and people love him. I mean, Texas supports their, their country
1: music. Yeah, they do. The scenes really, it's awesome. Um, you know, and the, the guys are talented. Um, and I, I honestly think for me anyways, the ones that I enjoy the most are the ones that live. And, you know, before Cody Johnson made it big, I mean, he was doing the same type of stuff. He was chasing a dream in the rodeo. He was running up and down the road. he, he he was living life and traveling and, and gaining, um, you know, all of this content that he that he writes about. And you know, and I think whenever you live that life, you write it, and and, and then the listeners, it's it's you believe it because you know it's real. Versus, um, you know, somebody just sitting in there writing a, a song about the idea of what they think it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Texas
0: is really really big on just like you said, supporting like local people i know people that literally make a living just playing texas and oklahoma back and forth back yeah. and forth it's crazy
1: so. yeah that and, and you know and then too i mean a lot of the venues and the restaurants and everybody you know they're they're supportive of it too because mm-hmm. uh, you know you've not only do you have the artist but then you have the locations to play as well
3: yeah yeah and the and list of country music singers from
1: take george Strait,
3: willie nelson waylon jennings george jones I mean, it just goes. Kojo. It goes on and on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to circle back, though, to
3: what you said about,
0: like, mom and pop shops. What is your favorite dish that you've had going
1: around to these different little restaurants?
0: Is there anything that, like, stands out that was like, that's Okay, so I have to
1: tell you this story. So, my first TV show was Extreme Outdoor Adventures. It was a hunting show. And we traveled the world filming these hunts. And so, we went to, you know all over Canada, all over Africa, all over Mexico, all across the states. But just next door here in Louisiana, South Louisiana is another country just about. <laughs> and we get down there and we're hunting alligator. And so like the thing is, is I always like to show the process of it. So we like show the whole process of the harvest, how you take them, then what, what's done with it. You know what I mean? Like this, this feeds people. Like, you know, the alligator has, uh, the tail is white meat, the legs dart meat. They showed like, so all the meats harvested, they showed all the leather, you know, the certain size of these gators, what it's used for, all this stuff. Anyways, so we go in and we eat at this little, uh, it's kind of a general store. So outside has one gas pump, the old gas pump that you lift the lever, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's no cover on it and you walk up on the porch and it squeaks when you go inside. (laughs) And so um, they had like a little bit of an area that had some fishing gear, a little bit of an area that had some hardware, a little, you know, um, grocery store, and it's kind of everything. When the back they served, you could order food. And so we went back there and the lady said, What are y'all doing with those cameras? And we're like, Oh, we're filming. Is that okay if we film? You know, we're just gonna get something to eat. And so she said, Well, if you're filming, you're not, you're not, you don't need to look at the menu. I'm just gonna make you a little everything. So we had snapping turtle stew, we had, you know, all of the frog legs and like, the whole Cajun experience, and that is one of the top.
0: That's crazy. Yeah,
1: that was such a good stumble across little mm. thing. You know, I've never had frog legs. Have you, Bo? Yeah, they're, they're good. good. Mm-hmm. I heard they taste like chicken. Everything tastes yeah. like chicken. I mean, you know, I guess it's how you what you season it with too. Yeah,
0: I I guess from being from Maryland, I always put Old Bay on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what that is? Old Bay, the seasoning. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> A lot of people from Maryland, like that is like the seasoning up in, because we're talking about different locations. You know, Maryland is right by the Chesapeake Bay. Blue crab is huge there. We just put blue uh, Old Bay on everything.
1: Old Bay. Yeah. You got to try it. I have to try it. Yeah. Well, maybe you might just cook a dish up and let me see what it's like back home. Yeah, we got to go for crabs or something like that. Yeah, no, Cause don't I cook. D- I've never. <laughs> I haven't been up that area. I mean, every time I travel, it's like if you take Texas and just a little bit, you know, Louisiana, and Arkansas, but then boop, it's more straight north and west. Mm-hmm. East, I haven't really done much out that way. There's
0: not much to do.
3: Not much to do, but you get on the coast of the, the crab, the seafood is good. Yeah. And then you get up my way, it's Amish country. And you mm. talk about food that is rich and sweet. And, oh. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Amish food is the best. Yeah, Dutch cooking.
0: Yep, they make the best um, bread. They make
1: the best of everything. I know. Yeah, it's all it's all naturally grown right there. It's great. So, another quick thing though, uh, something that I enjoy is. Um, have you guys ever gone out, like if you've camped and somebody cooks on an open fire and they cook in the Dutch ovens? You're talking about bread. Mm-hmm. Having biscuits in a Dutch oven mm-hmm. and coffee, like hard, dark, bold coffee in a <laughs> campfire. That's my favorite. That's cowboy stuff right <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so Brian, for somebody
2: who knows nothing about this type of lifestyle, what's something you think that they need to know before they get into it?
1: Well, um, hmm. This lifestyle is, uh, I think everybody that's involved with it is just very passionate about it and, you know, family core values are huge. Um, But I think if most places, if you was to go to any ranch or any horse trainer, anything in the Western industry, they're welcome arms. Like you don't have to be anything. If you're there to learn and you want to know something, you know, you can, uh, you can just pretty much show up and have some questions and they're willing to help. So I don't know. That's kind of a, um, just be real, be you. I mean, if you, cause if you, you don't have to be any certain thing to be accepted, you mm-hmm. know? So like, do you enjoy having people come out and teaching them new things about the lifestyle? I really do enjoy that. Cause I, and I think so much because, um, at an early age, like I knew that I wanted to be involved with Western lifestyle and, and it, it wasn't readily available. And so, you know, I really, it's one of those things I really had to work and try to f- make, finagle my way in to be involved. And so, um, yeah, if, if you can, for me anyways, if you can help somebody or introduce them, I think it's awesome because it's, a you know, there's so much um, good to it in different angles that with FFA, with ag, with ranching, with, with all of it, um, there's just so much good that comes from it and it's rewarding. And if I can help and introduce, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I know you helped
2: me out a lot because you kind of, I went in knowing nothing, and I would struggle. You let me fail, and hey, next time, do this and make it easier. And I would do it, and it would work. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, like, every time I'd fight the calf, you taught me something new, and it was really nice. So I enjoyed that. Yeah,
1: yeah you know, and that's, I think... Living through life, I always say life is uh, all about balance. Um, wherever you give your energy and your time is going to be successful, and where you, um, you know, kind of turn your back to and you don't have time for, is going to fail. And so, um, yeah, I've just learned that life's going to teach you lessons every day, and you know, and it's it's good to l- it's good to fail, it's good to fail as long as you're learning, you know. And and every every lesson that's there, if you just pay attention to it and learn from it, you're going to grow. Absolutely. That's what I always say about my energy.
0: I always have a tank. I have a mental tank, you know, and I have to I have to dedicate it
1: to to certain things. Yeah, because if it's full, there's nothing else can come in.
0: I know. That's what I'm saying. So, and you gotta. So there's a little bit of a reserve tank you gotta tap into sometimes.
2: My Why are you pre- laughing at me? I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the lightning in the jar. That's what he always says.
0: Yeah, I always describe my brain as like a lightning in a jar with like energy. Like I'm just like. Like it's just my hands are just shaking. And sometimes it shoots out all over the place, but sometimes it's like it's just right there and I gotta contain it. And then I gotta disperse little bits of energy.
1: I'm really weird when it comes to that. That's my analogy. Um, well, the thing is, is as long as you can funnel that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to in the right direction. Yeah. You're good. I always creativity is just always there.
0: Always, always, always. And it's cool because my creativity allows to like it's fun being around creators, other people that are involved in this because it spills out onto them and then they take it and be like, oh, this would be cool. Then it spills out onto Roy and be like, oh, well, this would be cool. And then it just creates this beautiful, like, final product. Sometimes it's right on the spot. Sometimes it takes a few weeks even to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can I
1: can I buck your system here? Mm-hmm. Can I ask yeah. you all a question? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. So what do you do? What, what would be your advice for people when, because, you know, social media is just an image. Mm-hmm. It's not reality all the time. I mean, some it is. Some people just do their life and put it on there. But some, you know, it's like the very best. The, so um, you have critiquing a lot. You have jealousy. You have all these things. So whenever you get negative comments, how do you handle them? With love. And you don't, like, can't fight hate with hate.
0: Right. So we always say that on the podcast, too, it's like if somebody's like, hating on you or leaving negative comments they're just projecting their insecurity they're still wearing a mask they're not being vulnerable you know so um similar to what we listened to on the way over here with joel osteen those people are just still hiding behind a mask and they're just projecting their insecurities everything onto you so to meet hate with more hate is never going to be productive so sometimes i'll just respond with like love you yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> and they're <weird>. like wait. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hold on. I thought this guy was an a-hole, but he's actually like, that's weird. Um, but yeah, that's how I kind of handle it. And not growing up in this lifestyle. I, like I said, I'm from Maryland. I moved to Texas seven years ago and just started asking questions in rodeo and rodeoing on the weekend. Like you said, it's just, it's who you are. This lifestyle is about being genuine, learning, having good morals and if you project that you're going to people are going to come to you and you're going to learn more than you ever thought you would. Yeah.
3: So yeah. How do you handle yeah, it, Roy? Uh, like I always say is you know, the negative comments that we get it's probably 2% and we have 98% good. So why would we focus on 2%? And sometimes it gets to you, you know, I'll sit there and read them and you Know next, say, why, why is your neck getting red? No, yeah, you know? <laughs> oh, the same thing. So, oh, nothing, you know, and then it finally comes out, and you just want to fire back at them, but it ain't going to do nothing, yeah. So, I just kind of either delete the comment or
2: just don't pay it no mind. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced much hate yet, though? <laughs> I got it before I came down here. The <laughs> guys I worked with and stuff like that, but I always go back to is it true. Is it helpful? And would I recommend it to somebody? Mm -hmm. If not, I ain't worried about it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: His podcast that we had on, that helped a lot of people. It even helps me. Helped your
2: mom. She had that written down on a sticky note in her kitchen. No, it did. When I learned that, it it changed my life. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's That's what I do.
1: Yeah. And, you know, some of it, I think people are just trying to um, get attention. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I totally ignore it because I don't even want to give you. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Even, you didn't even take any of my time. I seen it, but yeah, it go.
0: That people are just fighting for their yeah. their
1: fifteen seconds.
0: Um, but anyway, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about two years ago. Um, after the NFR, do you care if we talk about nope. that at all? No. Nope, yeah. So. I would just like to learn a little bit more about the inner workings of it because I followed you back then, like three years ago, and you didn't even know it till the other day when you seen the the mention at your trailer. But Brian actually was walking, I guess you were walking out of the NFR, or it was over?
1: No. Well, so, you know, that night we were Globe Life Park, you Mm -hmm. know, there at the NFR experiencing the NFR in Texas. Everything was good. Had my daughter with me. And, um, we were in, uh, some friends of mine have a TV show, uh, the, I think it's the Brave Experience. It's on the Cowboy channel, I think. Um, anyways, they take and they, they, they're always given back to our first responders military. So I was like in their suite surrounded by the mayor of Arlington, um, you know, and, and these Purple Heart recipients, you know, just like this crowd of, awesomeness mm-hmm. and yeah i leave we go to the truck we're heading out and um just uh somebody passes by us in the fast lane and shoots shoots in the truck and it strikes me in the shoulder and just uh, a crazy chain of events after that but yeah so we wasn't i wasn't we were driving you know driving down 30. wow so that must have been like they must have known like were you with those people still well <laughs> No, we, it was just my daughter and I. And, um, you know, this was on a Sunday night. She had school Monday morning. And so I said, lean your seat back, go to sleep. Um, and yeah, we're just driving down the road. Um, and like I said, I was in the next lane from the fast lane. So a car, the, the car came, uh, on my side and then shot and it struck me center shoulder, my left shoulder. It went through my shoulder through the joint, um, went through it. It shattered my scapula and then it lodged in my spine. Um, and luckily there's so many, I mean, God totally had his hand in this, um, because a bad event couldn't have happened any better. I mean, every piece of it happened as good as it could happen. So for one, it was a full metal jacket, meaning the bullet was solid. It wasn't, didn't, wasn't hollow point. So instead of it opening up and splitting and doing more damage, mm-hmm. it stayed together. Um, the angle of it, you know, it didn't strike anything that was, uh, life threatening, but at the time I had no clue. I thought... I'm about to die. I mean, that was my thoughts. And so, literally, when it, do you mean to keep going with this? Yeah, okay. absolutely. This. So is. when it when it got hit my left shoulder, like I knew. You know, when a car passes you, you look to your left or whatever. You just kind of glance over and whatever, because um, I'm a very observant driver. Like if somebody's tailgating me or driving crazy. I pay attention. Like I will remember the color of the car. A lot of times the license plate, like I'll just start picking up all this info and zero. I just barely glanced over, saw muzzle blast and felt it, you know, sharp pain inside. Well, I know what a bullet does. Two things. And so when that bullet, I had no idea, you know, all the stuff I just told you, I didn't know it was a full metal jacket. I didn't know any of this. I just knew that I was shot and struck and it didn't come out. So I grabbed my phone. My phone was literally sitting right here, you know, like I drive mm-hmm. with it right here. And so I remember like my left arm was down. I'd started driving with my left knee, you know, with the steering wheel and my right hand, I dial nine one one. And this is how my daughter finds out that I got shot. Like she heard that pop and she just thought it was a tire blue is what she said come to her mind. Mm-hmm. So I dialed nine one one. Handing the phone to my daughter and I put it on speaker and I'm like, you're gonna have to tell him I got shot. And then she, you know, so she breaks down. She's having to keep her cool. Like my dad just got shot. She finds out and she needs to tell this uh, 911 operator what happened. And they're like, and then as I hear her tell her, they're asking her questions that she can't even answer. So then, and I'm like, I'm pretty good under pressure. And so I was like, you know what? I just need to talk. So I just grabbed the phone from her and I was like telling her what my mile marker, what exit. Uh, Sir, you're still driving? I said, yes, ma'am. I'm not stopping. I don't know where these people went. I don't know if there's more of them. Um, So I kept driving, and I said, just send somebody my direction. They're like, we can't send anybody your direction until we have an address where you're stopped. I was like, well, I'm not stopping. So I'm just driving towards Fort Worth, back towards where the hospital district is. And so as we're getting a little further, you know, I'm still observant to everything because I'm trying to, like, think about where this car might be, and a truck comes up beside me. Didn't end up being with them, but he, I remember like he didn't have any exhaust. It was super loud, like a race truck. Like it was, Mm -hmm. you know, just running up there beside me. Like he wanted to race. Then he fell behind me. And so when that happened, I I was thinking like, is this guy with them too? Like, are they fixing to do more? So I just hammer down and, you know, just go even faster. And then this lady's in my ear, you need to pull over. You need to pull over. You know, you could die at any time you could, you know, you're going to wreck with your daughter. And so I'm like, you know, I just got to get out of here and I'm on borrowed time, I feel. And I think and I'm just and then through all of this going on, I'm mentally praying, you know, just to help me get to safety for my daughter. And I remember whenever I get to summit to exit to go to the hospital, I, I prayed and I was just like, you know, I asked for forgiveness. I was at peace because I truthfully thought I was going to die. Like, even if I made it to the hospital, I'm not going to make it just because of where that bullet went and the area mm-hmm. it was in. And so I was just asking for forgiveness for things, watched over Presley. I was just trying to make everything I could think of right. And I came to that red light and, you know, I remember telling the lady where I was at and I said, just give me directions. She, she The whole time I'm talking, this is several minutes. She's mm-hmm. telling me I need to pull over. And so a guy just come on. And I, it's another 911 operator. Like, I don't know if they normally do this, but a guy just come on and he said, all right, sir, you need to take a left at summit, drive down to the Pennsylvania or something, take another left. And he just started giving me directions because this other lady wasn't helping me at all. You know, she's telling me to pull over. And so, boom, I get in there and I think I'm going to pull into the, you know, emergency room and they're going to be waiting for me. Right. I pull into the emergency room. Nobody's out there. I put the truck in park and I'm like, Presley, like, well, let's just get out and, you know, walk around walk inside. There's a lady leaning against, a nurse leaning against the wall there waiting on her ride to pick her up. And, you know, it's kind of like crickets. And the lady looked at me and she's like, "Uh, sir, can we help you? I was like, yeah, I've been shot. And everybody just goes crazy. You know, wheelchair comes up, all this activity starts happening. It was, um, you know, I was just thankful that I got there. Well, then they, this is during COVID. So they're like mask and, you know, no, no visitors. And I'm like, well, Presley's, my daughter's coming with me or we're not going back there. And because I'm not leaving her, she's been through all this. I'm not going to leave her out here. So they let her come back and they're cutting my shirt open, you know, just like ripping stuff off, putting leads on me, doing IV and all this stuff, you know, and will me back They take me to get a CAT scan like ASAP. And I remember that thing come on and it tells you like to hold your breath and to do certain things. And I remember when it said that, I thought this is what I'm fixing to find out that my lungs are shot and blown apart, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold my breath and nothing, you know, I'm going to feel them leak out. That was literally my thought. And I held my breath and nothing happened and got the CAT scan done, got back into the room. Um, they started looking through the computer and they were looking over all the info and stuff, you know, kind of trying to find out what happened. The cops come in, um, they want to question my daughter. So Presley goes out and I thought, I don't want to know the answer, but kind of do, but now's the time to ask. And I said, (laughs) ma'am, I said, am I going to be okay? And she said, she looked at the computer screen, you know, and she just kind of shakes her head and she goes, no vitals. And so, like, I got chills, like, goosebumps come over me. I was like, I'm going to be okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, when my daughter came back in, I've been telling her, like, everything's okay, everything's okay. And so, when she came back in, I looked at her, I held her hand, and I said, baby, I promise you everything. I could give her my word, like, everything's going to be fine. Like, I don't know what I'm going to have happen after this, but I'm going to be here. Everything's going to be good. So, yeah, crazy chain of events, but... um you know, God had his hand in it and, and definitely, like I said, the best that could happen of it happened. So,
3: yeah. Has it, has it changed your life in any way? Do you look at things a little different now?
1: You know, it, it, it did. um, It made, it, I guess it reiterated everything that I, that I, how I was raised, what I thought about life, what you, what you should, you know, how you should live. It just kind of was like a big explanation mark on the end of it. like Just like some of the things that, that we take for granted. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, you never, you never know. Um, yeah. In seconds you hear it so many times, but in seconds your life could change. Right. Guess what? I have nothing holding me back. Like nothing happened from that, that put me in a situation that um, has taken away from me. So I am so blessed. I mean, you know, so many things I could not be here to not being able to use my arm to have a nerve damage to whatever. Um, hitting my spine, if it would have gone that much more to, you know, paralyzing, like could have been anything, but nothing has happened. Um, yeah. And I'm fully 100 percent back. And, you know, it's a blessing. That's so crazy. You talk about
0: millimeters and you're out there, you're driving, you're speeding, you're
1: walking around, you're doing everything. I'm surprised it didn't didn't move at all. I know. The bullet. Well, that's the crazy thing. So then so the next morning they're going to take this bullet out. Well, about 6 a.m. they come in, they said, we're not going to do surgery. Their team, um, with the risk for them to go into a new new incision at the spine, um, with the wound channel being there, the risk of getting um, an infection through that is low, but still it's there. And if it was there, then it would spread through that wound channel. So they said they wanted us to leave and come back in two weeks and have everything checked back up. Well, when I left, I don't know, my mindset is just to go and get back at it. And I don't, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't like push, push through things, make things happen, find the pause, defend it and move forward. And so that's exactly what we did. We were, my daughter and I, two days later after getting shot, went right back to the exact same place. We went back out, and you know the cool thing is, is everybody every ten feet that we walked, somebody would stop us and say, "Hey, you don't know me. I'm from Nebraska. This is my wife, so and so, and we're praying for you." And then, boom, we'd go another ten feet, and somebody else, "Hey, hear, heard what happened. We're praying for you. Not good luck, not get better, but we're praying for you." Mm-hmm. And so it was. Yeah, you know, it was just it was an eye opening deal, and it was amazing. And you know, we we just pushed right through it, and and everything's good. I lost track of where I was going with that, but. So you walked around with a bullet? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that, so yeah, so yeah. then the bullet's still in there. We're supposed to go two, For two, weeks, weeks. two weeks later to come back in. Well, my body started rejecting this bullet. And I mean, like if I arched my back, I could feel like, you know, it moving in there. And, Ooh. and so my body started rejecting that and over time, and then four days later, I think I had my arm in a sling. My daughter and I went, we rode horses and so I'm saddled my horse one hand, you know, and, we went and rode, and we were just getting back at it, normal stuff. And I thought, I don't need to go back to the doctor in two weeks. So I didn't go. I never went back to the hospital. And until the bu- the bullet came all the way out to the skin surface. I mean, it was like right on the skin. I could grab that bullet. I could feel everything about that bullet on my skin in the back. So I went to my family physician. I'm like, hey, I need you to take a bullet out. He's like, what? <laughs> Cause I can't, this is way past my pay grade. I can't do this. I said, you can do it. I've been, I've, I go to him. I don't have insurance. So I go, I pay cash, you know? And so I split my head open several times. He sewn me up and you know, just like, I don't need any deadening. I don't need any pills. I don't need any antibiotics. Just sew me up. And what do you charge me? And I'm like, you've done so much. You can take a bullet out. So I have video of it. It's pretty cool, but he's taking the bullet out and while he's doing it. He's like, do I need to like have you chew on a stick or something like This is what they do in the movies, right? But yeah, he just cut it open, popped it out and, you know, put I think like six or seven stitches there and, and I was good. But yeah, so it was, it was crazy, crazy little, little experience. That's insane. Did so, you keep the bullet? Yeah, I have the bullet and I'm like, thinking maybe I want to have it cast and a little necklace thing made or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. I didn't know you. It was body. a 40 caliber. Um, Yeah. I have the bullet and I should have brought it. I could show everybody. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know like your
0: body would actually reject something and push it to the surface.
3: That's insane. And just like a splinter.
0: Well, yeah, yeah that yeah. is
1: true. Well, I didn't know it worked for the same with bullets inside <laughs> <of> you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, they were like, you know, there's there's a lot of military guys that, you know, have bullets in them that just because of the placement of where they're at, it's better and safer just to leave. And But I'll tell you, I was glad to get that sucker out. And sometimes you'd forget, and I'd lean back against the wall or something, and it, it was like, you know, <laughs> remind
0: you real quick. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. that's crazy. So, Bo, you want to finish for the final question? So what's next for Brian? Anything big coming up? Anything new anybody needs to know about? What's next for you?
1: Well, um, no, I mean, I have some things in the works. I don't know exactly. I, and I'm not one to really talk about things until they're for sure. So but just always moving forward and and definitely in the Western lifestyle. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not another bullet no.
0: anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm excited that we, we got to work together on a few things here and continue to work together on whatever whatever's next. Everything's always moving forward month by month. Absolutely. So um, we're going to roll into the next section here, which is sponsored by Ariet. Ariate Affirmations, basically, we check our Instagram and we get questions from our fans and we help answer them. We'll go one by one and give our two cents. P.S. As always, we are not doctors, psychiatrists. We don't have, we're not smart enough for those degrees. So this is just from our life experience. So Roy, if you want to go ahead and take it away with that
3: question. All right. So the question for Ariate Affirmation is, how do you take the leap of
2: faith to chase your dreams? Feet first. You know, I know that sounds <laughs> dumb, but because uh, I did it about two months ago, left my career 10 years, came down to Texas, and uh, it's definitely tough. It took me about six months to make the jump, but when you do it, you got to do it with everything you got. Hmm. You know, if you're kind of one foot in, one foot out, it ain't going to work. When you do it, do it with everything you got. It will work out. Everything happens for a reason. Even if you take that leap of faith and doesn't work out, well, now you know it just leads you on to the next thing. It's all a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like dipping your foot in the water. Yeah,
0: You ruin the experience when you dip it in.
2: I tell Roy all the time, you just got to jump. I know it's cold, but 10 seconds in, it's going to be all right.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just for a little context there, Brian, we do live streams at the house, and sometimes a loser has to jump in the pool. I've done it three times when it's the pool is like 34 degrees. Oh. Like ice cold water. Like it hurts. Mm-hmm. It feels like needles go into your body. And, um, I see why people take cold showers now and do that because it does help you become kind of like comfortable with being uncomfortable. You just go for it.
3: Yeah. No, I hate cold. I'll pin my ears and it, <laughs> I ain't going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're like a mayor. Always you put that
3: toe pin. in. Yeah.
1: Stick toe. <laughs> <in>. And all <laughs> that did was tell you how cold it really is. <laughs> yeah.
3: I really don't want this. Yeah. It confirmed my, my. Now you going in.
0: So, Brian, how did you answer that question? How do you take the leap of faith?
1: Well, you can do anything you put your mind to. So, you know, if you fully believe it, then you will be successful at it. Now, at what level that success is, just, of course, is to be determined. But um, if you don't think you can, then you won't. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think if you fully believe it, and I say that all the time, you know, it's like what, what you think. Whenever you think something, so they say somebody wants to lose weight and they're like, oh, my pants are a little too tight. I need to lose weight. Well, if they say it to themselves, they're thinking it. But then once they actually like say it to a friend, hey, man, I really need to go on a diet. Well, it's so then almost like they, you know your friend's going to hold you accountable, right? So then it's like, so you think it, you say it, and then you do it. And mm-hmm. so I think if you believe it, and my dad told me that ever since I was little growing up, he's like, you can do anything you put your mind to. And so I fully believe if you, if you, like you said, just jump in. If you believe you can do it, you can do it. Yeah. I fully
0: believe in, and I, this is what I call them. I call them accountability buddies. It may sound really weird, but I say it to these guys all the time. They help keep me accountable because I'm going to be fully tra- transparent and honest. Like sometimes I struggle with vaping and I always tell them, Hey, I'm going st- to stop. I'm going to stop this, this Monday. I haven't vaped since... But there are times that I go back on it and you guys do keep me accountable. So, But in the end, it's like really helpful because when I'm off of it, I don't feel winded going up the stairs. I feel better in the gym. So that's also too about taking a leap of faith, having good people around you to help lessen the blow when you fall because you are going to fall. Mm-hmm. But having the right people to help pick you back up is, is really important. Absolutely. I think also with taking the leap of faith, you know, I, I, I look at it as like a pool. Yeah, you jump and you may have done it and everything's good and, and dandy and you may be happier, but there's going to become a time where you're going to have to swim a little bit. You know, you still got to put in the work to to get to this ultimate goal. And I reiterate it week after week. You know, people want this ultimate happiness. They want to take this leap of faith to make their dreams come true. And get this just satisfaction. Like there's this ultimate end goal when that's never true. You're always you're always gonna break down, you're always gonna struggle, you're always gonna get shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Things might just happen and you just gotta swim through it. You just gotta keep your pace going. That's why I think just with a swimmers analogy, just maintain
3: your pace. Mm-hmm. Take the leap and then maintain a good pace. That's what I say. Yeah. I, I think the first thing is pray. Pray about it. But God also wants us to to put it into action. So if it's your dreams, go after it. You know they're not going to chase you. You got to chase them. And kind of what uh, right off of what Brian said about you speaking it. You know you can't you can't go into something and say, hey, I want to chase my dreams, and then you know a month into it, oh, I can't do this or I'm not good at this. No, you got to you got to stay the course. You know, the Bible says that that God is the great I am. That says something right there. Because in the Bible it says God breathes his own breath into us. The great I am. So when you say I am, I'm not going to do this or or I can do that. You're, I am. Mm -hmm. You know, that says a lot right there. Yeah. God's breath. We can do anything. All things through Christ. Yeah. You know, so when we speak that into existence, it's going to happen. I know Bo, myself, we left stable jobs to come do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're months into it and it's it's a struggle. I mean, we love it. And we have every right to say, you know what, We, we just give up. But here's the thing. It's all in God's timing, you know. Lazarus was dead in in the tomb for four days. And when Jesus got there, they said, you're late. He's dead. Guess what? Mm-hmm. His words said, Lazarus, come forth. He came up out of that grave alive. It was is God's perfect timing, not our timing. Mm-hmm. So go after your dreams. Speak the words of, of faith and, and go after it because it's going to happen. Yeah. What is
0: What does John Hagee say about? struggle university, something like that. Like the, the, the biggest things you'll ever accomplish in your life are going to be, you're going to struggle the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a sign when you take that leap of faith and you're doing what you love, when it gets hard, that's a sign. That's a sign that it's going to get better. That's you're, you're going to get there. So, cause building these businesses has been, and you've seen, y'all have seen it firsthand. It's one of the hardest things that me personally I've ever done, and I mean there's nights again I'll be open honest. There's nights where I'm just like totally down on myself and literally laying on the floor, holding back tears, just feeling like a failure. But then I realize how far I come, and I realize in that moment just being present in the moment that I'm struggling right now, and that God is using this to 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 mold me
1: to make sure that. I'm ready for where I'm going to go, if that makes any sense. So, yeah. And that, you know, those things I think personally are good because mm-hmm. it humbles you because sometimes if everything goes your way all the time, you can get on a path you really probably don't want to be on. Mm-hmm. But sometimes whenever you have something that comes back and it's a little wall and it's like, boom, oh yeah. You know, a mm-hmm. little humble pie here. And then you keep on, you redevelop, you think some more and you, you go back at it.
3: Yeah. We, we talk about that all the time that, kind of the position that we're in we could we could do that and and i'm sure you've said you know i've done this this and that and i'm you know kind of stick your chest out and then we got to stay humble because pride comes before destruction you know Mm -hmm. so it's nice to have that vulnerability to to be humble because it it resets our minds to where we need to 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 go yep
0: i like that have a slice of humble pie Mm I'm, I'm full on them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these past few months. But DM me on Instagram if you guys want some Humble Pie merch. Anyway, <laughs> it's just a business idea popped in. But I think that's a, a good good stopping place. Brian, thank you for, for coming on. Do you have any last thoughts you want to
1: get out there? Man, uh, no, I, I think it's good what you guys are doing. I think, um, you know, I enjoy doing some of the stuff with you guys and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have a lot more to come.
0: Yeah, for sure. We definitely are very grateful that you have us out and make content together and um, and also
1: enjoy this Mexican food that we're about to have. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay, so if you guys go to the Fort Worth Stockyards, you have to go to Joe T's and you're about to experience it.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, because I've never been there and I kind of feel like a rookie rookie move, but we're about to go enjoy some enchiladas and they've got tacos
1: there. Well, I, th- I think it's fajitas and enchiladas. Fajitas and enchiladas.
0: Anyway, that sounds bomb. We're going to end it here. Thank you all so much for watching. If you guys have time, make sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're approaching 500 five-star reviews in total in the little time we've been doing this. This is episode 17. Our goal is to reach 100 before um, the end of the year but I'm just so glad y'all have been loving this podcast and reviewing it and rating it and sharing it with all your friends. We want to thank our sponsor Ariet for helping us out with the production of this podcast. As always, we love team Ariet. We're looking forward to seeing the Radlers perform here soon in Wyoming, right? Roy Cheyenne, Cheyenne. So we'll be rooting for them.
1: Uh, real quick, Brian, where can they follow you on, on your social medias? So it's Brian Doty, uh, B-R-I-A-N-D-O-T-Y. And, Pretty much. Um, I think on Instagram, it's Brian Doty one. YouTube's Brian Dody one, but you can just search my name and it'll pull up. Awesome. So
0: make sure to give Brian a follow, shoot him a message that you really like the podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials. Tratter House, Tratter Company, Nick Luciano, the Nick Luciano and everything. Roy, where can they follow you?
3: Uh, Roy underscore Dinges, D-I-N-G-E-S on Instagram and Roy Dinges on TikTok. And Bo, last one, where can I follow you? Um, Bo Dietrich, B-E-A-U-D-E-A-T-R-I-C-K.
0: On everything. And his backup account, not Bo Dietrich, because he got banned. (laughs) We ain't going to talk about it. (laughs) That's for another episode. No, it ain't. Anyway, Guys. (laughs) Uh, One last thing, we're also going to be dropping Try to Talk merch here in the very near future. So make sure to sign up for the email list on the Try to Co. website. Also, keep an eye out for new Luciano merch coming very, very soon. We're going to end it there. Thank you all again. Make sure to rate and review. And don't forget, smile every day. And know your worth. See y'all later.